gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett for Starcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tag Team, Turner, Bottom, Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotion. Tony Anthers, what they win, look, Shivani's back again, World Title Split, Off Center Stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and The Crow, Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh, Lois rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom Zing's a good looking man. Quondike Bill, make a chip. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring, and here's your co-host, Hey Hey. You know, I asked Bill one time, I said, Bill, what would happen there we go. if you were with a girl, had no body odor or anything about her? He said, I'd go tell her to put some sweats on and run about two miles and then come back and see me. That was Klondike Bill. He liked the smell. Yeah, the, the dirtier, the it, it's just, that's the way he was. He liked the bodily fluids and smell. My God. Yeah, I mean, I, my God is right. Oh, my God! Hey, Slapdicks, Tony Schiavone here. Conrad had too much fun in Las Vegas and is nowhere to be found. We should be so lucky. Uh, but I've been assured he'll be back next week. So what we're going to do this week is have some fun without him because What Happened When presents the best of WHW Monday. Tony gets extreme. Some might find it hard to believe that I'd never seen ECW before we started watching it for the podcast. But it's true. It is. The first episode we ever did on ECW was the first time these eyes had seen it. First time ever. And I quickly learned what else these eyes had missed from our episode on Barely Legal. In one word, Francine. So here you go. I need you to give us some commentary on what you're seeing here. Come on, Francine. Oh, I swear comes a scene set on my face. Francine, I'm in love with you. Is she, is she, uh, she was dressed. Whoa. Wait, hold on a second here. Thank you very much for the uh, security department ways here. So I could see, does he just have like a, a, a nickel? Oh, she does. She's got a tea back on here. That's all she's got on. That's how old you are. You call that a tea back. Or, or what, what are they, what are they called now? Thongs. That's a thong. Wow. Have you heard the thong song? <laughs> no. Are you going to play that for me too? Do you want me to? Uh, yeah, I may have heard the thong song. I'm not sure. I think you probably. Yeah. She's all live there. Francine is man alive. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just waiting. So do they do some pretty good business with her with Francine? (laughs) Yeah. So to speak, uh, they did a lot of business with Francine. Did they Francine's uh, husband is a listener to this show. 
Wow. But he, was, he's in on the gag though. He expects you to be Tony. Okay. D- does, did he wrestle her husband? No. He's, okay. He's a real human. <laughs> and here's one of the, uh, uh, I, I think one of the more underrated performers, uh, and and I say that because I always did like um, Shane Douglas. Thought he was a good talker, had a great deep bass voice, uh, was very expressive, and could uh, could do a lot of good things. And uh, you know there was that run that he had in WCW. He did some announcing with me, and I uh, liked him a heck of a lot. Go there. Playing a little thong song here for you, Tony. All right. I've heard this. <laughs> That's cool, man. Here comes the chorus. I'm going to need you to do this. Francine knows how to stand, man. Don't you know how to stand in the ring? She knew how to take that left leg and cock it out there to the left. I love that that's your compliment. Man, didn't Francine know how to stand? She did. Look at it. Look how she's standing. You, I mean, I always say that beautiful women know how to stand. And she knew how to, she knew how to stand. And I know her husband probably knows that as well. You know, ECW, uh, when they came back in the WWE, the name of the show, One Night Stand. No. Oh, okay. So now they roll in a little high spot there with the franchise, Shane Douglas, who apparently is a champion here. Wow. Francine just bent right over there towards us. Uh, and I don't know what champion he is here. Is He's not the ECW champion. Who's the guy with the neck brace? Uh, the guy that, that franchise put out? That is uh, Pitbull. But um, I'm going to let you guess his his real name. Uh Okay, so this is uh, the footage of Pitbull coming in the ring, I guess. <laughs> he just threw down a man with a halo. halo. On. He grabbed a guy with a halo and yanked him down. And who is this guy with the mask talking, Tony? Uh, I, I don't know. If I could hear his voice, I probably know who it is. Uh, as uh, I, I don't know who it is. Um. Good God! What? 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 Uh, I guess they're just showing old footage here, right? They're trying to explain the the backstory the, here. The backstory, okay. So this is Pitbull. Uh, I don't know who it is. What's his real name? His real name was Gary Wolf. Okay. He's passed on, I guess. I believe so. Uh, okay. I might no. That's the other Pitbull that passed away. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. So this is going to be what? Uh, another Pitbull. Oh yeah, Pitbull Two. Pitbull Two comes in with a chain, sort of like Mister Wrestling Two. Yeah, Mister Wrestling Two. So we got Pitbull who got his neck wrench while he was in a halo, and here now is Pitbull Two, and he is taking the fight to Shane Douglas, the franchise, and a big back body drop. So, oh, and a spin wheel kick off the right side ropes. So uh, Pitbull number two, uh, can you know the backstory on him? Is uh, he still wrestling? Did he uh, did he come to WCW and I forgot who the fuck he was? As we know, I forget a lot of people. Uh, no, he did not. Uh, he okay. passed away in 2003. Okay. He died at just wow. 36 years old of a heart attack. Holy shit. Uh, he was from New Jersey. His real name uh, was, of course, not 
Pitbull. It was right. uh, Anthony Durante, and he may or may not have had uh, some issues with the law once upon a time. Uh, but yeah, he uh, been re- he started wrestling a long time ago, and um, obviously this was like his big deal. You know, I, I think at this point he'd probably been wrestling nine or ten years, and I think he came through uh, Larry Sharp School. So they go down to the mat, and they this is maybe the first grab a side headlock and sell it on the mat that we've seen in this entire show. What are we now? We're about a, an hour and ten minutes into this, or so. Yeah, and they grab a headlock, and as you can see, the fans ain't buying it at all. Well, yeah, I mean, it really is sort of. I mean, everybody's on their well, feet, and 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 I guess there's well, a lot to talk about here. You've got two things going on. Go ahead. Who's Bubblehead over here on the right down the down the at ringside that's uh the, they escorted shane douglas in shane douglas had so much heat here when okay he shook gary uh wolf in the halo you see another okay. one on the opposite side over there right okay the, that was the security that okay i got it now they're trying to really keep the fans at bay because they've had like near riots people were chasing them to their cars and trying to cut tires and run them off the road whoa they, wait a minute uh, seriously yeah people took it very serious because you know, this is a very local promotion. A lot of these people here live in South Philadelphia and know these guys in real life. And, um, you know, they knew that he had a real neck injury. He really did legitimately break his neck from a single arm DDT that was delivered by Shane Douglas. And he really did have to have surgery and he really wasn't a halo and it was a legitimate thing. And then Paul Heyman, of course, decided to turn it into an angle, which a lot of promoters would, and it had real fucking heat. So these are smart fans, but they were able to say, okay, this is too fucking far. And they took it serious. Well, I, I got to say that if, uh, if EC fans, ECW fans say, uh, you've taken it too far, then you've done, you've done good job. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, let's hear it for Shane Douglas and all this stuff. And, and Paul Heyman for doing that. Oh, did I tell you that I, that I got to see Paul when I was recently at raw? And uh, talk to him in the backstage area for just just a tad. No, I didn't just, know that. Bit, yeah, he uh, he didn't uh, he didn't seem to want to talk to me, uh, which is fine. Uh, don't know why. I don't know why I would have heat with him. He was nice, but he was distant. Well, I saw him at the Hall of Fame, and he gave me a lot of time. Yeah. So. Well, they, that's because you and he work for the same company. Well, that's probably right. It's fucking sellout. Uh, so, uh, they, they actually would chase Shane Douglas out of the arena, uh, and try to crash his car and slash his tire. That is unheard of. That is that that's old school shit, man. That's like, that's like the, the story of Ole Anderson getting, getting cut in Greenville, South Carolina. Right. And that's the level of heat that he had here. And, you know, he was off a run that. Maybe wasn't as awesome as he and a lot of people in the WWF expected. He was the Dean Douglas character up there. Did you ever see Dean Douglas? No. So he was a big deal here in ECW before he left. And he goes up there and they turned him into a, uh, a teacher of sorts. And they send him out in like a collegiate, like gown, almost like the genius. Sure. And he's in the back with a chalkboard, sort of scratching his fingernails on the chalkboard and sort of giving everybody a rundown of what their match would have been or could have been and what their grade was. And he called himself, you know, Dean Douglas. And it went over like a turd in a punch bowl, as you can imagine. Yeah. And, um, he comes back here and he's sort of anti everything. He's anti WWF. He's anti the click Vince McMahon. He's anti Eric Bischoff. He's anti Dick flair. 
Right. You know, he's, he's just like sort of the anti-establishment guy and he's calling himself the franchise because he was one of, I guess he was the first ECW champion. He won the NWA tournament in 94 and then threw down the NWA belt and picked up the ECW belt and called himself the very first ECW champion instead of the next NWA champion. So he's uh, a big part of ECW and he's working a tag team wrestler here for the television title, but they're making it work just based on the heat. Sure. Absolutely. And, uh, and you could just, you know, the, the, you can, uh, there's just, am, am I wrong to say there's marry me Francine? How about that? Am I wrong to say that there's a, there's a different type of vibe in the, in the crowd here during this match? No, I think it's, it's an unenviable, an unenviable position to follow six high flying Japanese, right. you know, almost cruiserweight types who are just high action all the time. And now you've got like a big bruiser type and Pitbull in a more traditional classic, you know, wrestler in Shane Douglas. And I think it's really hard to follow that, especially when you've had, you know, lots of crazy action so far with the, the tag yeah. team match, which was really more of a tornado match. And then you've got Rob Van Dam with the chair, just pulling out all the crazy hot spots. And now that's six man. And now we've got more traditional, Hey, we're doing heat. And you can see Shane here trying to do the pile driver and, and he's trying to tell a story here, which nobody has done so far in this show. It's just been crazy displays of high spots and whatnot, but there, he's trying to sell the, Hey, he's trying to break his neck too. Right. And, but, but again, it, it's like I said, for the first time in the show, we've seen someone snatch a headlock and go to the mat. So this is completely something completely different. And, and again, I was just wondering if it was the, the legitimate heat that, that Shane Douglas had or, that the fans just are not buying it because they want high spot after high spot, table after chair, after hardcore, after all kinds of bullshit, and they're not getting it here. But the fact is we're getting a solid match from Shane Douglas. No, absolutely. If you're a wrestling fan, then then you're probably a Shane Douglas fan because he's very much a traditional wrestler, you know, very good in the ring, a strong promo. He had a good character. He was believable. But, you know, if you were looking for crazy hot spots, he's probably not your guy. Um, and that's not a knock on Shane. It's just not his deal. But in fairness, you probably, you know, I don't know anything about booking wrestling, but I do know that if it's all high paced, high action, high flying, eventually they don't matter. And so you've got to sort of get them up, bring them down, get them up, bring them down. And maybe that's what they're doing here, because if they're going to follow this with, you know, some crazy hardcore stuff from Terry Funk or Sandman, or maybe you know, some crazy tables and flips with Sabu, you've got to be able to sort of take them up and bring them down. I'm sorry. I heard you talking, but Francine got on the side of the hard camera and put her back to us. And that took my attention away. You were talking about something. I don't know what it was. Have you Googled Francine? (sighs) (laughs) No, I have not. I'll let her husband do that. I don't don't think he has a problem (laughs) with you Googling her, but Okay. I do think if you Googled her, you would, you would find some things you would, you would be interested in because she did lots of bikini shoots for the wrestling magazines back in the day. Uh huh. It's probably your thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, why? Okay. I'm Googling Francine. Yeah. T- type in Francine ECW and then just start clicking around and roll time. Yeah. Okay. Well, there, whoa, there you go. I am. <laughs> go dogs wow all now, right see that doesn't work it, when you say go dogs about a woman that, 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 that doesn't work let's just stick with roll tide i ain't saying that man 
I have a lot of time for Francine, without question. But believe it or not, it's not the only thing that gets my attention. Anyone listening to this clip from our Heat Wave 98 episode can hear that I'm coming around to the idea that ECW had some pretty cool stuff going on. Much to the delight of our good friend and ECW diehard Conrad. I need you to call uh, this, Tony. All right. My God, they're going up top. What are they going to try to do? What are they going to try to do? Oh, my God, a Frankensteiner. A Frankensteiner off the top turnbuckle onto the table. ECW, ECW, ECW. Where's Francine? Where's Francine? Where, that's what I've been chanting while they've been chanting ECW. How great is that? Oh, that's, that is absolutely spectacular. Wow. And then, and here's my, here's my only knock on that. How do you, how do you continue after that? Right? Well, now we got to set people on fire. Well, that would be the only thing left to do. I mean, like for instance, right? He just took a Frankensteiner from the top to the table. He should be dead. But if a bitch had some bitch going to kick out. No, he's not. He got hit. With <laughs> oh, they pulled the wool around on my eyes that time. And now Jerry Lynn's going to pick him up. Boy, the referee just knows how to turn his back because, as we said, he is bald. Here come the girl now. Watch out. The real ass kicking going to start now because she could actually beat everybody's ass here. Oh, look at this, how she picked him up with ease. Do a little crucifix stop, drop there, darling. Go ahead. Oh, cooter shot. Oh, my God. Oh, the cooter shot. Oh, God. And the fans pop for the cooter shot. Oh, good God. Is he going to, is he going to cooter shot her too? Mm, Jesus. How great is that? Oh. The pickup spot kicks him in the ding ding. <laughs> oh, Jesus. For just absolute pure entertainment, you can't beat this, man. Look at this. You can't. Pile driver got... on a woman. Tombstone pile driver on a woman. <laughs> okay, Cooter shot at one. He, he tombstone pile drive, drove her on another. And meanwhile, where's my opponent? Oh, there he is. Let's go get him. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Here we go. Is it? This is just the opening match. Oh, are you ready for this? Oh my God. Tombstone pile driver. Oh, wow. oh, one, two, three. That's it. What'd you think? I, every bit of four stars, every bit, man. I loved it. Ah, yes, sir. You know, he tried his best to protect. Uh, JL, when he came off with that tombstone pile driver by, by tucking his knees that time and having him land, but something like that's going to blow out your knee as well. I mean, Meltzer would say that the uh, finish looks scary and a top yep. rope tombstone, man, yeah. that's not something you're going to see very often. I loved it. No, no. That's one of those that you save for a pay-per-view. I would hope and see how, see how credible is, uh, limp it around. And look, look on the right-hand side. Jerry Lynn is touching his middle finger to his thumb over and over and over. Yeah. By the way, Jerry Lynn going to be a star cast. He's, wow. he's a referee for all in. Oh, he is. Yep. Wow. What a, what a, what a night, what a weekend that is going to be in Chicago. 
Holy snikamoles. All right, I'm with you, man. And another Haviland Express Lube guy. Look, looks like they're uh, changing oil right now. Looking into my car. Uh, is, is this all over? Is Nicole Bass going to kick somebody else's ass? She got it real slowly. Well, she's selling. Well, I know that, but I mean, they got the, they got it. I thought maybe the way she got up dramatically that she would just walk over and kick Jerry Lynn right in the balls. Wow. Here's my man, Lance Storm, buddy. Lance Storm was a hell of a performer for WCW. He really, really was. So clearly they cut out a promo or a package or something there because right. immediately everybody's out of the ring and Lance right. Storm before he was in WCW was here as a member of the triple threat. Um, but before he had any sort of association like that, when he used to grab the microphone and said, can I be serious for a moment? I thought that was, that was, that always made me pop the way he would do it. Looking serious amongst all this Bullshit that was going on around him. There's the member of the triple threat I was referencing, Mr. Chris Candido. And here comes the That's main sir. event. Look at oh, that. Oh, woo. Wow. Wait a hole. Wasn't she in the WWF at this time? Yes, she was. But she had permission from Vince to come along and do this. And in a show in Louisiana uh, during a table spot that went awry, Candido nearly had his ear removed. So he's wearing protective headgear now just to make sure that. His floppy ear that's about to come off any minute won't come off here in the middle of the match. But speaking of things that are coming off, here's Sonny. Mm. I, I think about her every time I Skype you. <laughs> you do? Well, because, you know, I don't have to be Skyping you. I could Skype somebody else, but I decide not to. Do you? Yeah, you're, you're, you're Skyping her. I, uh, I, you know, Sonny was with us. At the NWA Fan Fest, Mid Atlantic Fan Fest, and I got to see her and uh, work with her. I, I loved Chris. I loved her. I thought they were just hardworking kids. And uh, <sighs> another tragic story with Chris Candido, man. Yeah, it is. It's a little sad, but yeah, man, I loved him as a performer. You know, he was uh, he was a sawed off, jacked up motherfucker who knew how to work and was entertaining yeah. as he wanted to be and. How about this pose? Yeah, he's doing a Steiner thing here, isn't he? He is. Yeah, running around the ring like Rick Steiner. <laughs> she's, How about that? She's a lot better looking than the Steiner brothers, though. Oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't take much. Uh, well, wow. Okay, so now we have seen we have seen in this show, in the, in the first what? How long have we gone? We've gone about, about 30 minutes here. We have seen Francine, Nicole Bass, and Sonny. Wow. ACW huh? knew how to cater to their audience. Did they not? They, 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 yes, they were. That's exactly what I was thinking. They absolutely knew what they were doing because I'm not so sure I'm seeing many females in the stands here. You know what? Let me, uh, correct something. We just discussed. All right. She wasn't here on special permission. She had been up until this point. She was fired two days prior. Oh, okay. She apparently violated her talent contract that expired in late 2001 and Everybody sort of assumed that that was going to be coming, but she was mandated by the WWF at the end of June to undergo treatment for an alleged substance abuse problem or be terminated. She went to treatment, said she didn't have a problem and then didn't undergo the treatment and then never responded to their attempts to reach her. And they had agreed she could work somewhere else as long as she didn't use the name Sonny. 
and she didn't hear. She started referring to herself as Tammy Lynn Sitch, and then eventually just Tammy is what she'll be referred to here. And Meltzer would comment, Candido came out with Sonny, who looked like she hadn't slept in days. And she, I mean, she does in the face look a little different than we remember from her time in the WWE, but clearly she was in the grips of some personal challenges here. Right. That maybe still have some of her attention 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And uh, again, that's another in, in many ways, tragic story, but I mean, take a look at, at the performers that they have to open up the show. I mean, you got Jerry Lynn, you got just incredible. You got Lance storm. You got candido. I mean, these are you four and I know a lot. Of, I, that's why I'm glad to watch this with you. Cause a lot of guys would say, oh, it was all garbage wrestling and you know, they were just brawlers and it's like, no, I mean, the four guys we've seen so far are legit fucking workers and Shane Douglas, you know, he was out in the first segment. He is too. Right. Like, so you've got five real wrestlers, like traditional style wrestlers, not I'm going to hit you with a trash can and, you know, jab this knife in your back. Right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I really believe this, that, that being able to work a match still is what gets you in there. I, I, I know, I know it's a male soap opera. I know it's the storyline to draw you in and I do understand that, but you can have great storylines and you go watch a match and you go, man, that sucked. And, and that loot, that old storyline loses something. And, uh, I still say a great work rate is what brings you in because you, you leave a ma- I look, I, I, as a wrestling fan, I, I walked away from many matches, live events that I went to see saying that fucking sucked. And I, I pissed my money away. I give you a perfect example. Uh, blackjack Mulligan. <laughs> I'm telling stories now. Blackjack Mulligan wrestled Thunderbolt Patterson. Thunderbolt Patterson came to mid Atlantic. And they uh, and he was there, and they had him wrestle Blackjack Mulligan at the Richmond Arena. And a friend of mine and I went to the Richmond Arena and saw that match. It lasted like three minutes, and it was a piece of shit. And we were so angry about that because it just the match itself didn't entertain us. This is entertaining, and the fans that are ringside are thinking they're going to leave that night saying, "Boy, I got my money's worth." Especially the fans at ringside says, "I just was uh, bullshitting with Nicole Bass." And now I get to look at the backside of Tammy and I get to see some great spots plus a Frankensteiner on the table from the top. So, yeah, I do, I do appreciate all this. And, and, and Conrad, I didn't, as you probably know, until you and I started watching this stuff. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. So I'm digging it. There's one thing we're known for on WHW. It's hardcore analysis of wrestling's greatest moments. And when we run short of that, which is usually the case more often than not, it's dick jokes. From our November to Remember 97 episode, I found out what gumming means. And we also found out if someone said something about lasagna. Taz, How about that? Taz mowed him over. It took a minute and 29 seconds. He retains. It gets half a star. Mm. Ooh. I'd like to apologize for Taz for talking over his finish right there and, uh, I, I meant no, no disrespect to him at all. Uh, so anyway, where does this uh, rank as far? Look at this. Hoist his ass up. Wow. Uh, where does this rank as far as ECW events? Oh, Was it's this one the- of the fucking worst. Really? Yeah. In the Wrestling Observer Reader poll, 
It only got 32.6% thumbs up. Oh my God. I, uh, I thought, oh, he's going to get the, uh, go get the microphone. Now you want to talk over this or should we just ignore it? I don't no, we'll just off. ignore it. Okay. Well, I'm not because I'm worried about pissing on. He's already mad. We said his name. We're not supposed to okay. say his name. <laughs> he would prefer if we didn't say his name. Yeah. I'm mad. Look at me. I got the microphone. I'm mad. Yeah. Hey, I brother, I heard Shivani talking shit on his podcast, brother. <laughs> Who's that motherfucking ringside? He sticks needles up his ass, brother. <laughs> That's what he's saying in real life. Like, <laughs> you know, because by the way, I guess we should tell you that's Brockus, who is on loan from the WWF. And there you go. He's pointing his ass saying he sticks needles up his ass. Well, wait a minute. They actually loaned people to Paul Heyman. Yeah. Al Snow is here on loan. Good God. Chris Candido, just incredible. A lot of those guys came down from the WWF. That's kind of unheard of in this business, man. They were trying to do everything they could to counteract Ted Turner's money. <laughs> yeah. The juggernaut that was WCW can't stop that juggernaut. Oh, guess what? The motherfuckers stopped themselves. Huh? Uh, what the fuck? There doesn't a day go by when I just think about what we were. And you know, it look, I, if I can, and I, I don't want to disrespect Taz here by talking about something else during what is obviously a very fucking hot angle. Uh, but, uh, you've gotten to know Eric Bischoff. And, uh, I, I think you can see why just by talking to him, uh, why WCW, uh, prospered under his uh, leadership. Fuck. He's beating the fuck out of this guy, isn't he? Holy shit. That, that guy was tapping before he put the move on. <laughs> Hold on. He was fucking tapping. Okay. We interrupt this match to bring you bam, bam, Bigelow. Have you seen this? What the spot? Yeah. No, you're going to be happy here. So spike Dudley on the ground in the ECW arena. Yeah. Bigelow picks him up, presses him over his head. And are you ready for this? Oh, <laughs> I, I think we did see, see that. And now they're crowd surfing him. <laughs> Hell fucking. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to just, they're going to bring him all the way around the ring. <laughs> they should have brought him all the way around the ring back to bam, bam, let him throw to the other side, bring him all the way around the ring. Okay. Look at that guy with teeth, with the lack of teeth in his head. This must have been at, this must have been an Alabama show. You think they're at the ECW arena, you dickhead. Uh, okay. Just what? Well, then they're probably up there with some of your relatives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. So I have a lot of Pennsylvania relatives. I heard, I heard that Mama Shivani would gum one. <laughs> Are you okay? Oh, 
<laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just thinking, is there, is there anybody? Is, Are you okay? Is there, nobody's safe from Nobody is. Nobody is safe from you. <laughs> I'll talk about your mom. I'll talk about your grandma. Uh, fuck, I'll talk about your fucking ancestors that came off the motherfucking boat. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we getting ready to see Francine come out? <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. There's Tommy Rich doing some mic work. Of course, Tommy Rich and uh, Tracy's mothers, when you think about them, you know if there's one thing for sure, it's that they're full-blooded Italians. Yeah, boy. And, and so, they, they they sound like it too, right? Yeah. And Tommy Rich is being introduced here as being from Nashville, Italy. <laughs> Somebody say something about lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Roll the credits. <laughs> we can't beat that. We won't beat that. Somebody say something about Olive Garden. Who's this black guy with white sunglasses? This is Jay-Z with a, with a tan? What the hell? It's all getting a ring. Oh, is, is this our buddy Joel Gertner? Hell yeah, buddy. Give me some Dudleys. You know what's wrong about this? What's wrong you know about what's, this? I, I have, uh, has, uh, as, uh, Bubba uh, got on the microphone and told everybody's mother to go fuck themselves yet? Not yet. Okay. Uh, hey, I can see why the Dudleys are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, without question. <laughs> uh, you know, what's funny is uh, my, my good for close personal friend, as you like to say, Dave Milliken, yeah. uh-huh. was not the huge ECW fan I was. He thought it was okay, yep. but... He's more of a Memphis guy. Uh-huh. And so just to annoy him, whenever <laughs> we would be having a conversation with someone, I would say, who's the best tag team of all time? And why is it the Dudleys? <laughs> and, and then I would ask things like, Hey, top five tag teams ever besides the Dudleys, who are the other four? And it just annoyed the shit out of him. But I could really make an argument that the Dudleys should be on that list. But when I started to say, oh man, they're up there with the rock and rolls and the midnights and the Steiners and the road warriors, people get really mad. <laughs> I, I listen, I, I'm with you. I would have never thought that until I started watching these, these shows, but fucking love the Dudleys. Can you and imagine, I, let's just pretend for a minute. This is possible. 1991's okay. Steiner brothers against 1997 Dudleys. Wow. Wouldn't book that, it. they'd be killing each other. Fucking book it, man. Absolutely. I'd book it. it, it am I wrong to say that there is something that reminds me <clears throat> when I see Gertner that reminds me of David Penzer? I thought you Dark. said it was David Penzer sucking on an air hose. <laughs> oh, there's a sign that says little dick. Well, because that's, that's big dick in the ring right there. Okay, so big dick in the ring, and then I guess little dick on the outside. You you weren't, oh, by, even, you weren't even there. Well, I'm just I'm just kind of freestyling. You you've heard that term, haven't you? Yeah, you're stealing all my shit right now. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetically, yeah. What are you doing? Rumor and innuendo. 
You're just fucking running through all my gimmicks. Yeah. Yeah. Roll tide well, on that. This is Shit. the greatest night in the history of our it's- great sport without question. Putting butts in the seats. Yes, there. So is this big dick right here? Well, I'll let you guess. Do you think that the biggest guy is the guy? That- if you like retro video games, wrestling, or movies from the late 80s, early 90s, check out the Dirty Game Room on YouTube. That's right, Dirty Game Room on YouTube. It's full of reviews for old school games like WWF No Mercy or the N64, WWF Wrestler Fest, WrestleMania on Nintendo, and the Royal Rumble for the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, along with Contra, Battletoads, and all the other classics. The Dirty Game Room also covers movies and the games that came with it like Terminator 2, Home Alone, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Hook, and many more. And right now, the Dirty Game Room is offering a free hand-painted custom Cobra Kai NES to one lucky subscriber. That's right, a free hand-painted custom Cobra Kai NES to one lucky subscriber. All you gotta do is subscribe to the channel to enter the giveaway. If you grew up in the 80s or early 90s, then it's a channel meant for you. The Dirty Game Room on YouTube. Pull out your phone and search The Dirty Game Room and subscribe. It's all retro all the time. And we thank The Dirty Game Room for presenting What Happened When. The name ECW conjures up many images for fans of the storied brand. One of them would almost definitely be the insane battles between two fearless and sadistic gladiators, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. From the Anarchy Rules 1999 WHW, available in our archives, the unforgettable battle featuring impressive and perhaps unwise power bombs, regrettable chair shots, and, oh look, Francine! What move were you talking about? You thought something was coming and didn't hear? I thought he was, maybe he's trying for it again here. Check this out. Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready? Nope. Are you ready? What the fuck? (laughs) Now, in fairness, Tanaka kept his head up, took it on his shoulders and back. Still, what the fuck? And look at the the crowd. Listen, I I get it. He kept his head up, but you still, hell, you could fucking fracture a vertebrae. Lower back. Blow out a shoulder. Look at that table. It's obliterated. Is Jeff Jones going to take a bump in this? I don't think so. Shit. Probably took one after the show. <laughs> Can you imagine how many, how many quote unquote rats, uh, Jeff had to take care of after these shows. Mm. Of course, I'm talking about the flea bag hotels. They said, watch this move. You ready for this? He just fucking. I can see why you like to knock it just because the fucking bumps he's taking. Dude, this is wild. Look at the size of this guy going off the top. Fuck. One, two, and he still kicked out. Well, why wouldn't he? I don't know. <laughs> After. After taking, throwing him to the table. Jesus Christ. Got to take his chair shot like a man guy. It's ECW. Holy shit. Look at the, look at the, 
Okay. He hit him with the top of the chair there where that hand is. And that's the real hard part of the chair. That's the part of the chair that doesn't give. That part of when it lands on you is going to do some damage. What year did Mike Awesome take his life? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, I can find out. I don't think it was. I think it was like a seven, but I could be wrong. Jeez. Yeah. February 17th, 2007. Hmm. And by the way, he pops up on nitro. Uh, in April of 2000. So not too terribly long after this. Right. By the spring of 2000, both of these guys are gone. I would think as an athlete that you would be happy. Maybe I'm wrong. Just, just before your body's sake, happy to leave ECW and go to WCW. I mean, you would have to think that, well, of course, you know, we had a big TV contract. We were Turner and I get that, but you didn't have to do crazy shit like this. Unless maybe you wanted to do crazy shit like this and thought, well, I can take this, this act and take it to WCW. But a guy like Mike awesome, you know, thinking, wow, I'll work at WCW and I want to take all these crazy fucking chair bumps and table bumps and fucking crazy shit. Look at Jeff. Make sure it's the table is upright. What are they going to fucking do now? Okay. He threw him out of the ring. Back first to a table. This has got to be fun. It's wild, isn't it, Bubba? Yeah, it is, man. Okay. Got him on the chair. Going to center himself. He's going to do his big frog splash from the top. What if he is? Well, I mean, whoa. He's, uh, what's amazing about what Mike Awesome could do here was that he did things that cruiserweights were doing. Right. But he could also sling your ass over the top rope with a power bomb down to the floor onto <laughs> a table. Yes. He could do whatever he wanted. Right. Yep, that wanted Jesus Christ. Your mic's looking around like, what? I won? I killed a man? I won? (laughs) Now, what's going on here? Oh, Taz? I mean, this is a pretty cool deal here. Taz is doing what he can to sort of pass the torch and yeah, it's coronation is what it is. Quote unquote, make a guy. And there you go. Mike awesome is the guy to run with the ball, lead the company now. 
Pretty cool moment, huh? I think it's great. And I think it's great that Taz did this. Shows a lot of class on his part. And he walks away and there's your new champion. Great moment, man. How many stars? I'm so glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Three and three quarters. Hmm. Okay. Awesome. To, uh, here's what he, he wrote. Awesome did a German suplex followed by a spear for a near fall. He used the chair off the top for a near fall, then delivered a weak chair to Tanaka's chest. Fans sort of groaned at that. Both guys wound up standing on the top rope with the table set up. Their footing wasn't perfect. And one of them losing balance would have killed the moment. Not to mention both could have been hurt badly. Anyway, awesome delivered the power bomb through the table and got the pin three and three quarter stars. I should mention that Tanaka here had quite the schedule. Meltzer would say he flew from Japan to work ECW in Buffalo last Saturday, then flew back to Japan and worked through Saturday night in Japan before flying back to Chicago. So that's four 18 hour flights in a one week period that'll run anybody down. Yeah. I remember taking one flight from Japan back and I, it, it, it completely knocked me out the next day. I never thought that jet lag was real, but it was from Japan. How about four flights of that in a week? Jesus. That's a lot. I do need to say that. Okay. All right, Jeff, we got it. We, we, we got your bangs. We, we get it. But I do need to say that. So he needed a judge for them bangs. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh. So here we go. Fun little Raven promo here. We'll play the audio. We fought an epic battle of mythic proportions. We had a friendship based on love and a hatred based on friendship. Freeman knows what's coming and he can't stop it. You scarred my face. You battered me unmercifully. And you took my girl. Never beat me. 
and I always pinned you. Tommy Dreamer, you will return to the inescapable horror of the classroom of your youth, except this time, you will not graduate. So we're showing lots of clips of, uh, Tommy and Raven, one of the most notorious and iconic feuds in ECW history. And of course it all came to an end at Wrestlepalooza 1997 when, um, Tommy finally beat Raven after years of never being able to pin him. And that of course happens because Raven is going to WCW, but he's back now. And unbelievably the prior month he returned to help Tommy beat the Dudley boys in a surprise. And nobody even thought Raven was in the company, but what they didn't know is that Eric Bischoff held a meeting in WCW and said, if you're not happy and you want to leave, you can leave. So ask for your release. And they had one taker and that was Raven. And he left pops up in ECW as a surprise nails, the DDT and the, the Dudleys are now off to the WWF. And Tommy dreamer has finally gotten championship gold in ECW, but unbelievably it's with his biggest rival of his career. Raven, the guy he thought he got rid of two years prior. Really, really well done story here by Paul Heyman. Wouldn't you agree? Oh uh, yeah. That's this good stuff, man. This is, you know, this is character development. This is, and what I mean by character development, this is, this is getting you, you identify with these people, right? And that's what, that's what he was so good at doing apparently. And I was apparently unaware of. Still one of my favorites out of the ring. Just because he and I connected on so many levels with comic books and superheroes and fantasy. And, you know, we liked the same thing. He had a lot of great tweets about that were out there about Game of Thrones. Um, just, uh, just a cool guy, man. Looks a lot different too. My God, does he ever? I guess we all do. And there's our referee or our ring announcer. Done that twice today, Steven DeAngelis. But coming out, it's Joel Gertner to one of the biggest pops of the night. Meltzer would even say Joel Gertner came out and got a huge pop. One of the biggest of the night for that matter. And called out Tommy dreamer and Francine for an interview. And you're not going to believe what Meltzer wrote here. No joking here. Francine is even skinnier than two weeks ago. And while the stick arms and stick legs and huge boobs is in at this age, it can't be healthy. She almost looks like Allie McBeal, but even more facially drawn except for the implants. Dreamer says he's not out there to do a babyface promo and then kissed ass to the local fans talking about Sammy Sosa. But how, how dare he talk of Francine like that? I know you were going to say that I'm really excited. Here she comes. Mm. Wish I could say that real life.
Wait, well, are you, are you breathing? Are you, are you with us? Yeah. I'm just, I'm checking out the, uh, yeah, I'm breathing. I'm just checking out the, uh, I like her attire. I think it's very flattering for her. Flattering. She She knows how to walk. See how she puts one foot in front of the other. I think you could argue that's probably the best Francine ever looked. I don't know why Meltzer's being so, uh, I, I don't either. I don't either. Maybe because I don't know, maybe because she didn't call him, mm. you know, he always helped the people that called him. Well, she knew how to get in a ring too. Didn't she shook, <laughs> oh, man. shook it on the way in. That's your jam, ain't it? That is. I need to marry this girl. She's already married, Tony. I, if she needs to dump her husband, I need to dump Lois and marry this girl. Let's do it today. Today? I mean, well, today. Oh, look at her. How about Tommy knew what's up? Hey, I dropped my bill. Are you picking it up? <laughs> I'd do it again. Let's drop it and have you pick it up on the other side. You just want it against the hard cam. Mm, they've, yeah, the very hard cam at this time. Hey, how about our buddy Joel Gertner? Great help for us, isn't he? He's the man. He's a, I got a lot of time for Joel. Everybody does. Yeah. Not only that, his gimmick back then <laughs> was wonderful. Although, uh, uh, smart me up on the, the neck brace. This, was this part of an angle? This all, did he always do this? Uh, he has had his uh, neck broken. Oh, well, bless his heart. He's got a bow tie on the neck. Isn't that great? That's why he keeps wearing it. It's good stuff. You know, I worked, uh, worked with Tommy dreamer a little bit in MLW with him. A lot of respect for him. It's amazing. And of course I've been with him on his, you know, he's part of, uh, busted open and been with him on a radio show. Got just, uh, uh again, Thanks to you and, and thanks to opening up my eyes to this. I, there, there he's talking about Sammy Sosa now. Um, just a lot of respect for a lot of the guys, and he's one of them. And, of course, Joel, and then, of course, the lady on the right I'm just absolutely in love with. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a wrestling podcast. And keeping that concept front and center, we bring this December to remember moment to you featuring the most amazing entrance I've ever seen. Melina and her legs. Go dogs. Him is Johnny, whatever he's wrestling for now. So he's in impact right now. So he's Johnny impact. Okay. And that became his deal. So he's been Johnny nitro, Johnny impact, Johnny, whatever. The guy on the left is Joey Mercury, uh, who is a listener of this program. And they together are Eminem. And oh. here comes the best female entrance in the history of wrestling. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, Melina. Going to make her way into the ring. One leg up. Oh my God. What do you think is going to happen? Two legs up. And there she oh goes. Oh my God. How about that? Thought you might. Like wow. That. Is she still in the business at all? Uh, she still does, uh, appearances at conventions and cons and things like that, but no, she's not actively involved on a, on a weekly recurring television role. Wow. Well, that was, uh, that was a pretty spectacular entrance and a little tip to the cap to these, uh, I guess they're showing now some of the angles leading to this. 
How about that buzzsaw graphic they got there? Yeah, man, they're trying to make ECW look and feel different and more hardcore, but, uh, it's really anything, but don't you think though, that on the surface now, just looking at this and, and hearing what you've said about the show, that there was no way that the, an ECW could survive in the WWE universe. Well, it didn't. So of course it couldn't. Well, of course it couldn't, but even going into that. Well, I think most people worried, you know, would they let Paul do what Paul does? And if they do, then it, it should work because he'll have someone else. You have to appreciate the theory and the thought process behind that. And as we're talking about it, here come the Hardy boys while not actually ECW originals. I think most would agree those guys with all their crazy tables and ladders and chairs and Jeff jumping off of the highest thing he could find, they would have fit in, in the original ECW. Don't you think? No, I don't think there's uh, I, <clears throat> without, without question. question. Yeah. Thank Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that a lot of people thought, okay, the reason ECW went under was Paul was not a good businessman and Paul needed somebody to help him sort of handle the financing and handle, uh, you know, the promotion end of maybe licensing or marketing and things like that. But when it came to the actual creative, the storylines, if you will, if they'll just let Paul do what Paul does, this could be a success. This could be a hit. And man, I get that. That makes total sense to me. But it didn't happen. No. And none of these matches were really announced before the pay-per-view. There was essentially one match announced ahead of time and very little promotion. Ticket sales were soft. Pay-per-view sales were abysmal. And you know, the show kind of sucks. I mean, it's a three hour pay-per-view and and as you can probably tell from looking, it's two hours and 14 minutes. Yeah. So when you see a show go short like that, what's that tell you? (laughs) They said, fuck it. (laughs) They said, fuck it. If you listened (laughs) last week, you you get that. (laughs) Uh, I guess I should uh, tell you that the, uh, the figure four weekly. And I know your boys with Brian Alvarez these days, uh, the, the headline of their issue that came out on the heels of this show was Heyman down. And then the first paragraph is WB seemingly put a bullet in the ECW brand Sunday night, December 3rd after December to dismember pay-per-view in Augusta, Georgia at the James Brown arena come Monday. It turned out they only put a bullet in Paul Heyman. This was almost without question. The worst promoted pay-per-view in company history. How about that? Okay. The worst promoted is that's what he's not, not the worst booked and not the worst, uh, work rate and the worst production, the worst promoted, right? Yeah. In other words, they put in no effort into this thing at all. Well, I mean, you've got, so this is the ECW brand and nobody who's in the ring right now is actually on the ECW brand. Okay. So what does that tell you, Conrad? That tells, you know what that tells me? And I know I'm into this, um, this conspiracy theory bullshit that I think Vince wanted ECW to die No, in his heart of hearts. I don't think he wanted it to die. I think he, he wants all the revenue he can get, but I do think it's never going to be a priority. If it's not Monday night raw, it's not a priority. And I don't, I don't think that can even be debated at this point. Tomato, tomato, maybe. And one of the Armstrongs is the referee here. Steve Armstrong, who's now about a, that? I believe a, it's Steve. He's an agent backstage. Yes, he is. 
Well, Je- you know, Jeff Hardy's uh, kind of bulked up there. He's kind of slimmed down a great deal, of course. It's Scott and he's still Armstrong, getting quite a push at the, the WWE. It's Scott Armstrong, just so you know. Scott. All right, Scott, Steve, Brian. Well, they're, they're different humans. I mean, yeah, I know I, they're different people, but. I know, you know, at your advanced age, you probably just yell Matt and but, don't care if Chris yeah, or whoever my, wanders over. Right. At my help help stage. me out of my chair. God damn it. <laughs> hey, so by the way, I feel like, you know, we haven't been talking about all the, the silly shirts that we've got going over at box lately, but right. I showed you one right before we went on the air where you, you just recently announced that you have officially renamed your penis, right? Uh, Big Josh. And we've big got, Josh. we've got a big Josh shirt. It looks like you're wearing a flannel shirt with blue jean cutoffs and an arrow pointing down towards your crotchal area. And mm-hmm. it says big Josh. We've also got a sheep hooted life gigged me fat Nostradamus high spot fatigue. I like to whiz Shivani coffee, wake up Conrad. They're here dick to go without question. Somebody talking about lasagna. Uh, we have got so many new items over at boxagimmicks.com. It's absurd. So if you haven't already, go check it out. Of course, all your old school favorites are there. Tommy Young. Uh, and of course, Loki, Big Hog, and Podcast Row, and everything in between. So wake up, Conrad. They're here. <laughs> that is. Yeah. And, and listen, uh, on the Big Josh t shirts. The blue jeans is a tip of the cap to blue chew. Uh, and at this point, what isn't a tip of the cap? I feel like, I mean, w- when you answered Skype earlier, I saw some lines chopped up on your desk and I thought, man, he's not entertaining enough for him to be doing cocaine. What is he doing? And then your desk started moving and I realized you're over there trying to main vein blue chew, main vein, blue chew, All right? Yeah. Hypothetically, how many of the boys in the ring right now do you think have tried a little blue chew? Uh, well, uh, I would think that if that girl was around, what's her name? Mar- it's, uh, Melina, Melina. I would think she would, uh, be worth the price of admission of blue chew. Don't you? Have you heard like the, uh, the sort of underground, uh oh, cult like following that supports a certain question in shoot interviews where whenever anybody's asking a question, I think me and you've even gotten it at a live show before where they'll set up a question that seems like it's very well thought out. And then when it's time to actually punctuate, they say, how big's Batista's dick? <laughs> Have you heard about this? No, I'm not. Well, it's a whole thing. So like somebody would be like, so Tony, when Monday nitro was first announced and you had been forever been the voice of WCW and even Jim Crockett promotions and a staple on the flagship show, WCW Saturday night and many of the syndicated shows and you've done wraparounds and called all the pay-per-views when it finally came down that Eric Bischoff was going to be in the main seat and you would not be heavily featured on the show. How big's Batista's dick? <laughs> that, that's sort of the routine. Okay. <laughs> well, the rumor and innuendo is that someone involved in this match can answer that question. Oh, gotcha. And I'll let you figure out 
okay. what exactly Jeff Hardy had to do to get <laughs> Batista to show him. Wow. Uh, all right. So here we've got a match going on. There you go, girl. Uh, we got a match going on that has no re- uh, no rhyme, nor reason, no you say no ream, no horizon. <laughs> Are you just making up words you found in the library over there? No, I was thinking of, I was thinking of Harry reams. What? 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 How do you even know who that is? I thought you were well, like a good guy. Anybody that look, anybody that grew up in the seventies didn't know who Harry reams was for crying out loud. I, I mean, I can't, I don't know what you're saying right now. Like, wow. She's, she's pretty spectacular. You know, this is not a half bad match here, Conrad. No, it's not. And uh, even in the, uh, in the sheets, it would get three and a quarter stars. Yeah. By the way, I should mention their, uh, ECW is pretty famous for their chance. Right. And I know that you haven't, uh, really heard any ECW shows. You've just watched with the sound down. Uh, but there would be a chance where there would be clapping like, um, well, one without clapping will be like, holy shit, holy shit, right. or you fucked up, you fucked right. up. But then there are others, and they actually do one at one point, which is, she's a crack whore. <laughs> and so what I'm hoping is maybe for like a holiday greeting, yeah, we could maybe organize a couple of guys and do something special. Sometime I ask a question and I get more than I bargained for from my good friend Conrad. For instance, on this clip from our Living Dangerously 1999 episode, I learned more than I ever wanted to know about one of wrestling's most notorious characters, the one and only New Jack. All right, there's nobody else left in the in the dressing room to come out. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Axel fucking rotten. And balls Mahoney. Mahoney is Mahoney, not Mahoney. I know what it is. Okay. Well, we're just going to pronounce shit fucked up the rest of the day. Well, you know, that's part of our charm. Boy, you're an unover motherfucker. Like restaurant. By the way, library. you, you going to sit there and no sell this past week. I, uh, I had the great pleasure of being in Charleston, West Virginia for the last time in my life. <laughs> and, um, as we're waiting on the show to get going, I'm sitting in the back with, uh, you and Dave Silva and Jim Ross and a debate breaks out or a discussion breaks out. And of course, Jim Ross is holding court as only Jim can. And he described someone as an unovert motherfucker. And I've never seen you laugh with your shoulders more. Your shoulders were hysterically laughing. Well, he can get me going and he knows that. And, and I told him, I, and this is a shoot guys. I told him this, I I'm sometimes I don't say much during matches. It's because I'm listening to him and I'm enjoying what he is saying and how he's doing it. I'm kind of, I don't know, being a fan, marking out for listening to Jim call the matches. And I'm all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, I need to say something or there's no reason for me to be here, but he is, and listen, I, I listened to the, uh, I listened to the podcast when he had his flight delay and his baggage was lost. Wow. 
Nobody like him, man. And we were having some fun in the back. Dude, he is just another level. Yes, he is. I don't know when this switch flipped, but I'm glad it did. Here he comes. New Jack, wow. one of my favorite performers to watch in ECW. Maybe one of the most controversial men in the history of professional wrestling. And why do you say that? He's got a fucking vacuum cleaner. Why do I say he's controversial? <laughs> yeah. But because of the shit he did in the ring, or is there something else that maybe you've brought up this story before and I don't remember it, something else that he has done that made him controversial outside of the ring or maybe has a rap sheet. I don't What is it? He has no knuckles in his hands. And that's from quote, beating a bitch in the eye. Uh, uh, that's, he, he's got a bunch of bullet tattoos and that's for all the justifiable homicides he has as a bounty hunter. He also, uh, tries to pull a guy off of uh, a scaffold and that guy falls on his head. He goes deaf and, uh, he has a rematch with that man in a scaffold match. And then he throws the guy off the scaffold and he's trying not to let him land on the tables to break the fall, but instead land on a ring post and murder him. And he admits that freely. And then he cut a 17 year old from, uh, ear to ear. Okay. Um, and he, uh, bled buckets and they. Yeah. Had lots I'm, of lawsuits about that. And then there was the time he beat up Gypsy Joe for real with an actual baseball bat in front of a crowd in the middle of a match, because I guess that wasn't going his way. And then he wrestled another guy and that guy gave him a shoot punch. And that was enough for new Jack to reach in his pants and pull out a Freddy Krueger blade and stab him 17 times in the middle oh. of the match. Uh, he also had a relationship with your great close personal friend, Terry Runnels. Yes. Where he said that she get, gave him a lot of STDs and then he released horrific pictures and videos of her, including where he convinced her to blade herself. Um, I mean, that's probably more. Should I keep going or is that? No, no you've, you've, uh, you've done more than enough. Do you think, is he, uh, incarcerated anywhere? Oh no, no, no. I mean, all, all of her is he's a great guy. Sounds like it. I'll tell you this. He is the, one of the old Kings of the shoot interview. Yeah. Just really next level. And he's in, he's like in your old stomping guys. He's in Greensboro. Oh, well, there you go. He, um, he used to like, um, okay. try other things. One of the things he did was like a, a brief little hip hop stint. And his way of promoting his, his album was to say, buy the CD or I'll stab your motherfucking ass. I pretty much get it about him. What do you mean? Uh, enough said as the, the late Stan Lee would have said. Um, what do you think about all these bald motherfuckers that look the same? Their name is the Baldies. Okay. That's their team name. I couldn't have a lot of hair with a team named like the Baldies. I get it. Okay. I get it. I just, they all kind of look the same. There's no uniqueness about them. There's a, a big spot in this. I think you're going to like, okay. Was that it right there? No, you'll know it when you see it. you don't have to ask. All right. By the way, see those ECW letters in the background. Yeah. You got those. Yep. They're in the warehouse trying to trade them to WWE. I still got a WCW thing for you. 
No, you don't. You've also got a six man tag belt. I'm never going to see any of this stuff. That's what you do. See, when I say I'm going to do something to Tony Schiavone, that happens. When Tony Schiavone says he's going to do something for me, go fuck yourself. You're awfully bitter today, and I don't, I don't get it. I, maybe it's because we're watching ECW, or have you just taped a segment of Grilling Jr. and he's got you all surly as well? I, I don't know. What did I say that wasn't true, Anthony? Hey, how's uh? Let me ask you a question. Uh, how's Eric doing? Okay, he's great. Well, he's got food poisoning, but he's great. Oh, good. Good for him. He discovered food delivery services. You know, they didn't have that in Wyoming. He had to cook his own food. There were no restaurants or bars. Right. So, uh, by the way, notice what's happening here. Are you seeing what's happening here? Yes, I am. Describe what you're seeing. He's walking up a ladder. Who's he? Who, who? Okay. And, and what, what do you think is behind that November to remember banner? Uh, I don't know what's behind it, but uh, it runs a basketball goal. Oh, it's a basketball goal. And he is going to go on top of the basketball goal, which obviously is 10 feet. Fuck. Oh, motherfucker. Let me ask you this question about New Jack. In his advanced age now, which obviously is 30 years ago. 20, right? but whatever. 20 years ago, whatever. Is he all banged up? I mean, he's got to be. He's got to oh, be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to be to the point to where may, he maybe can't get around. Does anybody reach out to him? Does anybody know what, I mean, we, you know, he lives in Greensboro. Yeah. He pops up every now and again. Yeah. He, you know, instead of meet and greets, he's got like stabbing eats. I would think that I would think that would be right. Yeah. I thought about booking him for a star cast for an eat and greet. And then I was like, we can't let him near the cutlery. No, no, you're right. It's funny because I was, uh, at one of the ECW arena shows I was at, he stabbed a motherfucker with a fork and the fork was wrapped up with tape and, but you could see the fork at the end, but like the handles wrapped with tape and it fell right in front of my seat, me and my buddy and it's soaked in blood. Now the red tape, I mean, the white tape is now red from blood and he's like, Oh man, you want that? And I was like, no, that's all yours, buddy. That's an ultimate new Jack collectible. I'm like, hey, well, you, you can have it. Did you know that when you do that, when you stab somebody in the head with a, a fork like that, they take a flat back. I need you to try that at dinner tonight with Matt or Chris. Um, no, I'm going to pass. Staple gun spot. This must've been the initiation to be on Russo's podcast network. Bam. Staple in the head. Yeah. All right. Fuck. That's a new Jack original. He would put a little baby powder inside the guitar. So it made a big puff. I thought that was really a nice touch. That was pretty innovative. And I, I, I think it's kind of what everybody did after that. Right. I think he may have been the first guy to do it though. Right. I'm, I'm saying he kind of set the standard after that. Everybody said, Hey, yeah, that works. So we'll do it. Do you think he used to just put baby powder on his nuts? Do you think new Jack was like a look? Cause we know he's handy with a razor. Yeah. Do you think he was like just a low key manscape? I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm afraid to uh, comment about him. Oh, you think he's going to come stab you or whatever? You never know. You've told me some crazy shit that he's done. As we take a look at 
him off the top. I love the uh, way they used to shoot these where it was like at an angle, sort of like 1960s Batman. Right. Make it look askew as excuse. All right. I, I want to say something here. Right before you do, who would have thought out of this ring, new Jack balls, Mahoney and Axel, that new Jack will be the last one to survive. I know my God. Well, one thing you can say, if you, you're known to cut somebody, the people stay away from you. By the way, that match got uh, one star. Yeah. Meltzer would say, um, he also smashed a vacuum cleaner on angels groin, allowing Joey styles to say how that sucks. The match was built for one spot where new Jack would come off the top of a basketball backboard onto angel through a table. It was probably a 12 foot drop to the table, exaggerated to 20 on the broadcast. They got in the ring and new Jack stapled Lagrasso, but angel hit him from behind with a guitar and pinned him. Angel looks to have some charisma. One star. I agree with that one star. Let me tell you why it was just too much. I think there's a, I think there is a, and I don't know what that line is that you cross over where it's just like, it's like too much. And I, and I think that was it to the point to where the fucking match didn't mean anything. We're just, okay. He jumped off the top of a basketball goal, 15 feet in the air or 20. And what do you do after that? Really? A guitar shot to the head wins it. I just think it was too much to me. It got fucking crazy. Make any sense to you? Sure. Why'd you say it like that? I, I think it's, it. I think it's a valid point. Okay. I know you better than that. You guys have had the most ridiculous hardcore matches ever in AEW in the last, you know? Yeah, but months. we didn't come on. We didn't do that. You had Joey Janela barefoot walking around thumbtacks. You put a guy through a glass coffee table. Just two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, you had Jimmy Havoc take a power bomb on two folding chairs sideways. Mm -hmm. That was some good shit, wasn't it? That was way worse than. Oh, no, it was not. It was just, it was too much. This match was just out of control to the point to where, okay, here's the point. Too many people. Boy, Too many people. Just, just say, I can't say anything negative about AEW, but I don't like this. So I'll sh- but hang on. Here comes. If we got to put over Francine, we got to put over my baby. Here she comes. Yes, sir. Man. By the way, you would have loved Chris Candido. He's no longer with us. He died from a bullshit blood clot, but he was way too young. And right here, you know, Sonny is definitely, uh, not at her, not at the peak of where she was. She's in the thralls of addiction here, but she's still roll tide. I met Chris. They work for us. Sonny and Chris. Yeah. Did. But I mean, you would have liked his work outside of WCW. Right. I know you love blondes and buddy. She is blonde and beautiful. By the way, as she was getting in the ring, they zoomed up her butthole there. And immediately Joey said, you can see a high definition photo of that, a digital photo of that DCWWrestling.com right now. Whoa. I love that. They're just so shameless about, Hey, go check out this girl's butthole. ECWWrestling.com. 
Bet you that got plenty of clicks. Oh, I was on it already. I can tell you. How, how did it look? Just like another butthole, right? <laughs> Folks, one thing you have to say about WHW is that we have a lot of fun. And part of the fun, as you know, is when we get tremendously off topic, as we do here on the recent episode, on a very hard-to-pay-attention-to ECW pay-per-view, 34th Street Massacre. What's uh. great is last week I had what I thought was a great line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it murders in, in real life every time I do it. And I've been doing that line for at least 10 years. I know. I've, I've heard it a lot. And, and it crushes every time. Mm-hmm. But I let it slip on the show and immediately text you like, oh, wish I had that one back. That's Some people are going to look at that wrong. And I just need to pull that one back in. And you're like, no problem. I'll clip it out because I got to clip out this word that I said too. And we left. Yep. And then the show Upper. dropped and my fucking Twitter blew up with, with my line. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no. And yeah, there starts and, the discourse. And it woke me up. Your call, your text, it woke me up and I immediately ran to the computer. <laughs> Called the fucker up, did my little magic, and reloaded the motherfuckers. Went back to bed. We we gotta uh we gotta get our shit together, Tony. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, speaking of getting their shit together, man, I've got some really exciting news for you. Oh, uh, I love exciting news. My life since I've met you has been nothing but exciting news one after the other. Well, I got a few things here for you. Okay. Do they involve money? No. Okay. Well, good. That's fine. Food. Kinda. Pussy. Yes. Ah, now we're talking. Great, close, personal friend of the show. Whitney Wright. Okay. We're on the right line here. Okay. She's uh, been nominated for a bunch. And I mean, a bunch of awards. I, it does not surprise me like girl, girl scene of the year and stuff like that. But how about performer of the year? Oh, congratulations for being nominated Whitney. Dude, that's, this is like, it's like the Academy Awards of, of adult stuff. Right. This is like winning the wrestling observer, you know, wrestler of the year. Right. The press release says the rising superstar is nominated for best female performer, best actress for her role in sweet sinners. What we do for money and best girl, girl action, uh, scene for sweetheart videos, girls of wrestling, right. Is also an honored nominee for the special recognition award for her writing and directing work this year, including pure taboos, lesbian revenge, and from afar, as well as miss X titles, obeying instinct. And I don't know how to say that. Anymore. Either way, four nominations, count them, one, two, three, four, and uh, we're proud of her, man. She's putting in good work out there. Are you going to go to the award ceremony? No, I'm not allowed. Yeah, it wouldn't be a good place to show up. In fact, anytime she does something, uh, like when she got nominated, Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, Megan, check this out. Whitney got nominated for these awards. And she's like, who? I was like, Whitney, you know. Hero sent the video in for Tony's birthday. Mm-hmm. And she's like, who? I show her the picture. And she's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get uh, it. Well, congratulations, Whitney. Oh, and the rumor and innuendo, and this could be way off base. 
Now, All here, right. Here's what I'm most excited to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, she's a huge Tony Giovanni fan. As a matter of fact, we need to get that video posted to social this week. So, Silva, Hancock, if you're listening, let's get that fired up this week. Do they listen? Yeah. Okay. Sent a very sweet birthday message to you. Yes, she did. Starcast. It was great. Anyway, the rumor and innuendo. Mm-hmm. She's single now. What? And not only that, she's a big Tony Schiavone fan. Okay. And by the way, I should admit, this is just random, you know, I've got to make one cross country flight by the end of the year to, uh, get to diamond status on Delta this year. So I could technically jump on a plane between now and the end of the year to LA. If you want to just ride out there, sit a spell and come back. Um, well, that's intriguing. But, uh, I got a lot of shit going on, you know? No, I'm only suggesting we stay for a night. I'll be your DD or whatever. And you can cut loose. I'll take you to Dan Tannis. Get you a little Italian food. We could go well, see- if, or- if I'm going to go out to California, I'm going to go out and see my friends out there. Like Matt and Nick and Excalibur. Well, you see them every week. Why wouldn't you see Brandon. Ron Funches? Congratulate <laughs> him on his engagement. Great, close and, personal friend of the show. Got a great girlfriend that me yes, and I met got her. to know. And we could go out there and take them to dinner and see some comedy and, and, and you know, just see what sort of shenanigans you could get into. <laughs> we could make a date of it if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> How's that diamond status? I don't know. Never had it, dude. Yeah. I've I'm, never uh, had it. This is my first time. You know, but when I've had this many Delta flights in the same year, right? I'm, uh, right now, as we speak, I'm at gold status. I've, I was gold forever in these last two years. Thanks to the live shows. I got to platinum, but I'm only 768 MQMs away from diamond. And I don't even really know what that means, but, uh, other friend of the show, Corey Ryan Forrester's like, oh, you got to get that dude. Like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you've just been booking and paying for first class. If you just get a comedy comfort, they're going to bump you up right away. Cause of your status. I'm like, wait a minute. Now that's a big difference. Fair wise. He's like, yeah. So I started running the numbers and I'm like, oh shit, this could be like a tens of thousands of dollars swing here. I got to make this happen. So at some All point, right. at least for a day, I'm taking one, it didn't have to be cross country. I was just saying that for Whitney purposes. Okay. I'll oh. scoot up to New York and back or something and make it happen. Okay. So as you know, I'm trying to steer this conversation to any direction that would not get me in trouble. Uh, what I, I'm 17,000 miles away from gold. First of all, I'm glad that Corey Ryan Forrester told you that because I'm glad he's worth something. Yeah. Cause he is, uh, as you know, useless, <laughs> useless. My question is. So I'm 17,000 miles away and I can purchase 18,000 miles before the end of the year and get platinum status, which will cost about $600. Is it worth spending that money to go from gold to platinum or am I just wasting money? No, I think it's worth it. Really? Cause if you got upgraded on two flights over the course of the year, mm-hmm. you'd be good to go. Is it in your contract that you fly first anyway? No, it's not. 
Then you I, pay, I, I pay for first. Don't do that. Really? Spend your 600 bucks. Okay. I, I mean, it, it, it's it, every flight that I'm on when we have, uh, you know, members of our staff, our crew get on the flight and I'm setting up front, they'll all say, Oh, first class, huh? They don't know I'm, I'm paying for it. So, so we, well, we got some, uh, we got some juice here. Tommy dreamer. This is the best match on the show. We're talking right over it. Cause I'm thinking about your little Peter meat and, and Whitney Wright. <laughs> I, I was thinking about my frequent flyer miles. Well, I was trying to get you involved with Whitney, Wright. She's single. She's nominated for performer of the year. And he's a big fan of yours. And she's a very talented lady. Oh, that's, I'm not going to argue with. Ooh. Let's talk about something else. Oh. Congratulations okay. on your near immediate sellout of the next AEW pay-per-view yet another one in Chicago, this one going down in February, uh, right after, uh, or it's the same weekend as C2E2 and a uh, great close personal friend of the show. Gabe Yoakum is the guy, sort of the unsung hero who helped put that t- deal together. He was actually trying to do that deal in 2018 for 2019, but I think the EVPs thought, well, it's too close to all in. Just did Chicago. Don't need to go right back to Chicago, but a year later it made sense. And I know it's, uh, uh of all the live shows you and I have done, you enjoyed the one at C2V2 the most. Yes, I did. Because as you know, I'm a big mark for comic books and superheroes. And I, um, I went to C2E2 last year, Eric Bischoff and I, uh, signed autographs next to the young bucks. And this was before I even knew the young bucks and, and knew Dana and, and I, uh, I walked around C2E2 and all the money that I, that I made, I spent, got to meet some of the cartoonists, uh, famous cartoonists of Batman loved it. So I, I'm, and this is going to be the first show by AW within the city limits of Chicago. And I can't wait to be there. Yeah, it's a cool arena, wind trust arena. It's a very cool building where C2E2 is McCormick place and, um, stay tuned. Uh, there will be a live show there, most likely two live shows. One of which will be Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. And I'm trying to put that together to where we'll be able to do the show the night before the pay-per-view, like after you guys production meeting, mm-hmm. come make everybody laugh, stay up late with us and, and then get in the mode for the next day. And the next day I'm trying to work out a little matinee show, uh, with, uh, another one of my co-hosts. So oh, very cool. Should be a full wrestling weekend. Lots of meet and greets and. Lots of fun live shows and it'll be, it'll be a fun time. Every time I've been to Chicago for wrestling, I've been working. So it'd be cool to go and not have to. Right. So is, uh, is Gabe go get me, uh, get us a table on the floor. Did you not hear everything I just said? <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard that uh, we were, yes. Okay. Good. Gabe, you the man, buddy. You the man. And I'm so glad. Well, look at. Tommy's bleeding his ass off here. Hey, did I tell you about the attempted robbery? Have we talked about this at all? Mm, no. Yeah. Bunch was of there, fucking was dudes, there a bunch of fucking there, dudes in mass, dude. Where, where, where? Here at the Conradison. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm are you, be, are you being serious now? Why would I make that up? Well, we, I don't know. 
Why do you make up a lot of this shit on the air? Go ahead. What if I made up? <clears throat> Just some things about me wanting to go to LA and see what. But anyway, no, well, I what's didn't say the... you made that up. No, no, no. I was offering to go with you. Look at this okay. guy. Is this the towel boy? Yes. Okay. Eric Tuttle. Eric Tuttle. I have relatives that are named Tuttle. Tommy. Fuck. Ah, way to give it to him, Tommy. Tornado DDC. Yes, sir. One, two. Oh, and he kicked out. There you go. All right. So please tell me about this robbery because uh, I hope. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. But go ahead. Tell me about it, first of all. No, no. Go ahead. What do you hate to say? If they came into your house with mask on, I hope you, I hope they, somebody killed them. Mm. Well, that escalated quickly. Mm -hmm. No, there was a bunch of dudes in masks and I mean, they just tried to like take over and luckily the only violence is when they were trying to punch me, but they missed by several feet. And I realized this must be the dark order. They're not here to hurt me. They're here to recruit me. And then I realized, ah, it's just no holds barred Christmas. It was Matt Coon, Michael Dawkins, okay. Rotten Crotch, Hancock. But no, you got to appreciate a bunch of fat dudes in masks come in start throwing terrible working punches that miss me. I assume it's the dark order. I didn't realize that it was actually just my friends playing a rib. Like this whole story is. Yeah. Come on, dude. If I can't fuck with you about the creepers, <laughs> what can I fuck with you about? No. I, I thought for a minute that really you, that somebody broke into your house. And that's why I said, kill them. By the way, I'm just being a bandwagon <clears throat> dude because me and you have talked about this before. Mm -hmm. I think those two guys, I'm talking about the wrestlers on Dark Order, mm -hmm. uh, Uno and Grayson, they're getting a bad rap on this whole deal. What, why are people being shitheads online for real? I'm just fucking with you just because you're my friend. <clears throat> Yeah, but I don't understand why people are so down on it. Well, people are shitheads online because people online are shitheads. Like their matches are good. It's a different gimmick. The recruitment videos they've been doing, even though they think Louis Benson and Conrad Thompson are the same person, were fucking definitely different people. I'm funny and entertaining. He's annoying. So mm. we're way different. Mm. No comment on that. Yeah. Uh, you, you are there. Listen, um, there is nobody in the world like weird Louie. <laughs> no, Louie's another level weird. Oh, there's no, the sweet guy. You know, well, I'm not shitting on Louie. Louie's my friend. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's oh, weird. I love Louie. Louie's talented guy. And not only that, now that we're talking about him right now, he's probably replaying it and replaying it and jacking off to it. Well, that we're talking about all of him. these terrible impressions you hear at the beginning of the show that I don't even know are there. And people yeah. ask me about when I'm in public and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? We don't have impressions on our show unless mm -hmm. it's me doing diamond or Tommy rich as old carburetor. And they're like, no, at the beginning of the show, promotional consideration. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying right now? And then I listen to one and I'm like, God damn, this is Louie doing the world's worst impression right here. What the fuck is Tony Schiavone doing in our show? So anyway, if you hate all of that, you hate Louie just as much as I do. <laughs> Louie doesn't do all of them. Uh, just for the he's, purposes of our story, Tony. Okay. He does he, them all. He's, okay. He's been doing most of them lately. Okay. WHW can be inappropriate, crude, 
thanks to Conrad Thompson. But once in a while, we can eventually talk about wrestling. On all counts, you'd have to consider Conrad and myself guilty as charged. Here are a couple of highlights from two episodes covering ECW events of the same name. Guilty as charged, 2000 and 2001. I'd like, I mean, have you Spider-Man before? No. I've always felt like you would be like a monkey in your cage at your house. Cause you've told <laughs> us before that Lois won't give you any and that you guys have hallway sex. Do you want to explain what that is? Yeah. That's when we walk by each other in the hallway and say, fuck you. So I just assume that when you're in the back cave, you're probably pulling up small Whitney Wright videos, just wearing yourself out. And then she walks by and like a monkey at the zoo, instead of him flinging poo, you're flinging goo, you know? And, and I think Tony flung goo. It's not just a dish at your favorite Asian restaurant. It's also a uh, short at Lois rules.com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. I guess we can tell the truth. I mean, that's the reason, you know, WCW went under as there were so <laughs> many you know, cases of you waka, 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 and then just throwing it at the nitro girls as they walk by. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> you have, <laughs> it's a new low for you. What did I do now? Yeah. Tony killed the business. Tony's a shitty announcer. Tony is a suck up. Tony's a piece of shit. But now Tony's a fucking degenerate dirtbag flinging cum. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say it like that. You just made it sound real bad. You made it sound like real bad. Oh, Jesus criminy. Oh, and it wasn't real bad. Yeah. Jeez. Speaking of, look at this, man. Holy shit. That would just scare the fuck out of me. Knowing his reputation, seeing him come to the ring with all that shit. Yeah. As well as should, man. He'd stab a motherfucker. One of the all-time greats. I wish you could have been there to see him. I know a lot of people are going to laugh when I say that, but. Being at an ECW show when he was doing his thing, man, it was, it was fucking cool. Oh yeah. And you can better believe it could be some blood here, isn't it? What the fuck is that? He just, okay. <laughs> oh God. Let's see. What's this? This is a staple gun? No. Oh, it's a it's a cheese shredder. Oh, fuck. It's a what now? A cheese shredder. See, oh. cheese has two E's in it. I like the way you're doing so was, that. Cheese shredder. That's pretty cool the way you're doing that. Thank you. <laughs> but an old pervert that flings come, not too bad, huh? I really can't believe you're talking like that. <laughs> you know, we're trying to do good, clean show here. And you're... Yeah, really? <laughs> Our show's clean? Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, someone, uh, I saw someone recently describe your your weekly visit on Patreon as lifeless. 
and it really made me happy. Really? Yeah. Well, why don't you have a weekly visit on Patreon and bring some life into it, fucker? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it made me happy because they clearly listen to the show and know that Lois has just sucked the life out of you. <laughs> and Not in the good way. Not in like a Francine, Steve Carino kind of way, but just like, you know, well, my life is over. Yeah, I'm here, guys. Yeah, she's downstairs. Yeah, yeah, wrestling. Please kill me now. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking on Patreon, you should do, you should do some, 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 some raps, some rats. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, I think that would be, I mean, everybody's talking oh. about the button. Okay. Speaking of the button, did we ever tell everybody about the, uh, the, the very special present you got at your birthday party back in November? Cause I don't think that the button was discussed. No, we got a, a plaque, and uh, Dave Silva was holding a plaque close to him, and I'm thinking, those nice guys got me a plaque. Isn't that nice? I wonder what the inscription's going to say. And then the little fucker turned it around, and it was a button on a fur coat. You didn't like that? No, I, I, I thought it was thought it was very thoughtful. And Lois said, you're not going to put that up in the room, are you? I said, yeah, of course I am. It's part of the charm of my friends. So, yeah, I got the button on a fur coat on a wooden plaque. On a wooden plaque. Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Isn't that great? Great. Awesome. I feel like you're not telling the truth. No, I know. I, I really, gosh, the, hey, Conrad, that was one of the... Uh, that was one of the biggest days of my life. Well, it's nice to hear. It was. No one's ever. I've never had a birthday party ever, even when I was younger. And now that you're very, very old, you know, the, each one could be the last one. <laughs> That's right. Let's get him one before he goes. <laughs> this is over in the Conrad Thompson section here. Let's see if we can see me here. Mm, man, walking away from you now. I think I saw you right when they tumbled over in there man i love new jack and by the way what a great gimmick he had hey i'm gonna just come down to the ring while they blare rap music and i'm just gonna bring a trash can of weapons and i'm just gonna hit you with all of it so if you'll just sell them all that'd be good <laughs> sell them all that'd be good <laughs> and if you don't we'll make sure you do the hard way <laughs> I haven't seen any much blood here yet. Oh, don't you worry. Fuck. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about this week's Tony Reed's rap. Do you want me to give you a preview? Oh, God. I thought we, I was hoping you forgot about that. Listen, if you want to make that a New Year's resolution, we can make this the last one if you'd like. Mm, well, no. Because you get pissed off at me. No, no. Well, I, this show's about you, buddy. You, it's not about you me. shame me. And you, I shame you. Yeah. Try to make me feel bad. We had something good going. Fans loved it. You shit on it. Not a, you know. No, no, like no I won't do that. I will just we'll just do what you want to do. Next week. No, see, see. Next week we'll see. do show tunes. 
I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night and still have begged for more. See, isn't that nice? I'm for it. <laughs> so next week, Tony does show tunes. No. What? What 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 rap song you got for me? Well, I don't even want to talk about it. No, I'll see. Me, me, me. I'm still working. I'm still working on it. Okay. Oh boy, they're promoting the acclaim hardcore revolution video game here, aren't they? Big time. Oh, and they lost the sign. <laughs> Put that sign back up. It's the most WCW <laughs> thing ever, is it not? Yeah, it really is. Put that sign back. Fuck, crazy motherfucker. There's just no way. You no do? way that you can do that bump and not hurt yourself. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yikes. There we go. Try, we to got call, some try, to, try to call this. Left hands. Left hands. He's bleeding profusely. New Jack into the stands. Who's he wrestling again? Nick Grimes. Nick Grimes. Here's a look at him once again. Oh, that stupid motherfucker. What's he thinking? He's going to kill the business. Nick Grimes is who took the table bump. <clears throat> that's uh, that's Angel dragging him around by the nape of the neck. Okay. Wow. It's like everybody else, but New Jack is bleeding here. New Jack may have internal injuries. Yeah. I guess so. So, uh, what's new on your, uh, new year's resolutions list? Uh, I want to lose some more weight. Okay. I kind of like, uh, I got lost 50 pounds and then I gained three of it back. Went from 219 to 222. I want to get down below 200 or around 200. So I want to do that. I'm also going to buy a bicycle. Okay. And I'm going to go, I'm going to ride on the, uh, the trail again. Right over in Alabama. Okay. On the Silver Comet Trail. And, uh, hmm, that's about it. Oh, I want, I want to do some improvements on the house. Don't know if I'll be able to or not. Why not? Pay off bills, obviously. That's first. And I'm doing that. I'm very happy to say I'm doing that. So that's about it. Maybe get some pussy. Really? Yeah, but I don't know if that'll happen. Who's going to be the victim? Well, it's got to be Lois, and I, I just don't know if she's, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Who decided it's got to be Lois? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I, I did. Okay. Unless there's somebody else you have in mind. <laughs> I love you. 
<laughs> Is there somebody else? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, you talked to Whitney. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I can line that up. You know, she's single now. You're teasing me now. No, I'll, I'll hit her up right in front of you right now. I mean, I was texting whether she she signed up for a Patreon, Tony. No, we've not. Okay, so I think you'll like this. And, and shout out to Danny, who I believe listens to the show. I know he's a, a, a great close personal friend of Jeff Jones. And I know we follow each other on Twitter. So he probably listens to the podcast. But he's one of the first guys to come through Taz's school. And oh. they had... Um, like a dojo old school style, old school type, uh, training facility, uh, in Philadelphia that, that ECW put together. And Taz was like the head trainer and Doring was one of the very first graduates and Taz would, I mean, he beat the shit out of the guys in, in terms of just their conditioning. And I mean, he, it was very old school respect. So you hear a lot about how, you know, buddy Lee Parker would wear the guys out at the power plant, same thing happening here in Philadelphia. So for you to go through Taz's school, you definitely paid your dues and Doring did that. But the idea here is that he's going to be a more classic wrestler. So as everybody else in ECW is doing these crazy flips, or they're doing these hardcore matches with all the weapons and violence and brawling, he's just going to like grab a dude and put him in a, a headlock and lay down. And the crowd would start to chant boring. And he would think they're chanting for him during <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> so that that's the, the idea of the gimmick. Now that doesn't last long. He eventually just becomes just a, a good in-ring wrestler. And they pair him up here with, um, with roadkill and that became a thing. So him and roadkill are your tag champs and roadkill. Are you familiar with roadkill? <sighs> Haven't we done a show with roadkill on here? Yeah. I'm not sure if we have or not, yeah. but he, uh, his original name, I think was Amish roadkill. So the idea is he's an Amish person. <laughs> so we have an Amish gimmick here and what he would do with this big beard, uh, and the no mustache and the big hat and, the well, he's dressed like an Amish person. He would just wring his hands together right in front of the camera and go chickens. I don't know why he did that. I just know that he did. <laughs> well, <laughs> So, I mean, I really need you the Amish. Okay. Next time, you know, Lois is like, Tony, what do you want me to cook? (laughs) I want you to go over and chickens. I'll wring my hands, get right in her face. I think it'd be great. (laughs) And then if she gets mad, just get that bitch a dilly bar. (laughs) Chickens. Well, chicken, the Amish raised chickens, I guess. And he liked chickens as roadkill, right? He, I, I don't, I'm trying to, I don't know. The, the idea is, of course, there is no roadkill if you're Amish. You're doing clip claps, you know, horse and buggy time. You, you're, uh, not, you're not throwing people in your forerunner. Right. So there is no roadkill, but it's still funny. Just him wrestling in this Amish getup is funny. <laughs> Chickens. There you go. So easy money. You actually saw a little bit of in uh, WCW and. I find it to be an interesting garb here because he's got these interesting pants and they're sort of see-through. So you can see that homie's wearing a black thong. Oh, what are your thoughts on, uh, wrestlers and thongs? You for it? Uh, no. Well, hang on now. You were all excited a minute ago when Don Marine was out there in a thong and Francine was a, 
What's wrong with all easy money stone? It's just, it's not me, man. It's what the fuck? What you, what are you trying? You're, you're, this is entrapment. That's what this is. It's entrapment. How? You're trying to make me, uh, okay. If Tom Zink was in a thong, maybe so. Okay. Okay. So now you're just playing favorites. Yeah. And what's wrong with playing favorites? Well, nothing, I guess. Okay. Watch out. Here we go. Over the top. Oh, holy shit. Did Roquel hit the back of his head on that safety rail? Fuck. Oh my God. This is, uh, not going to be the best match on the card, but it's not the oh. worst either. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get a star in a quarter. I guess we should sort of tell you the backstory. Meltzer wrote in what may have been the swan song of the promotion. ECW promised a holy shit surprise, which prompted debates over methods of promotion today, as well as if there is any future left with the company in the wake of losing its New York television, canceling next month's pay-per-view and not even producing a new TV show in the go home week before a pay-per-view show. Guilty is charged on January 7th before a sellout crowd of 2,500 fans at the Hammerstein ballroom in New York was the usual ECW show. It came across with the exception of the return of Rob Van Dam as more of a regular house show than anything special on pay-per-view. Everyone worked hard and there were some booking holes that were gigantic, but good or bad. And it was more good than bad. That news paled to comparison to the big news. After the show, Paul Heyman was still saying the company wasn't going to shut down. However, there are only two shows left on the schedule. Show, sold out shows and uh, or I'm sorry, sold shows in Poplar Bluff, Missouri and Pine Bluff, Arkansas this coming weekend. At press time, nobody had gotten plane tickets for these shows, which is out of the ordinary, but not unheard of. There was a March 11th date for the next pay-per-view announced during the show. Although no venue was announced for the event, but ironically with Rhino versus Van Dam for the title and Doring and roadkill versus Whipwreck and Tajiri versus credible and Carino for the tag titles. It appears for the first time in a long time that there is a logical show to show progression coming out of this one. It is possible to promote pay-per-view shows every other month without any television or running few, if any house shows. UFC survived doing it for seven years, but UFC is one of literally dozens that have tried. So the odds aren't good to run that way. Unlike ECW, however, UFC hasn't had a hundred thousand dollar per week payroll to meet, but without a backer, those days of even attempting to meet that kind of payroll are over. Like UFC, ECW does have the brand name and cult following. And more importantly, it has the entire 40 million home pay-per-view universe to draw from. While UFC has limped along with only the dish networks in Canada, which probably total 20% of that figure. Tony, you're you're knee deep in the wrestling business at this point, January of 2001, you're worried about the, uh, the mortality of what a maneuver uh, of WCW. Yeah. Are you keeping up with ECW at fucking all? Like, is anybody in the back even saying, man, what's, what's going to go on with ECW? And if they do, do you even notice? Nope. Completely ignored it. Absolutely, completely ignored it because I thought, you know, by January of 2001, I'm thinking, you know, we're fucked. I'm looking for a job. I'm not worried about what's going on with Paul Heyman's world. And you know what? To be honest with you, it's a it's a selfish way to be. But I'm worried about myself. Only. And how I'm going to support five kids. So I'm looking for a job. I don't give a fuck what's going on at ECW. And there you go. 
That's the best I can say because it's true. I mean, maybe uh, you think maybe I should have been more concerned about the business at this venture in my life. I mean, I, I'm not going to go to ECW because they're getting ready to go out of business. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to be received well at ECW. So I just try to stay out of the wrestling business. I don't, you know, I know the WWE doesn't want me. So, so no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't pay attention to this shit at all. I didn't even think they obviously, I mean, I know now, thanks to you, I know now that they were a big factor in the wrestling business, but they didn't come across that way to me. Right. That time they, uh, to me, it was just two. It was us and the WWF back then. These, these guys were non-entity as far as I was concerned. And that's, I don't know if that's just Shivani arrogance, Shivani idiocy, uh, or what that is, but wow, that's pretty fucking cool. Doring with a hell of a move there. Hell of a maneuver and the fans are into it. Lots of innovation here. Yeah. I guess we should mention, uh. Wow. Meltzer would say wrestlers received half pay at the show, leaving them seven weeks behind. Good God. The morale was said to be very bad with I the bet. news getting around that despite claims to the contrary earlier in the week, that ECW had lost its TV on MSG in New York, it's key market. And the show didn't even air the night before the pay-per-view in that market, trying to garner hope because farm club on its show was airing video clips of ECW action on USA also ended up demoralizing since farm club has its own financial problems as well as a major ratings decline and hasn't shown ECW clips the last few weeks. There were not even the hints given that a TV deal was on the verge of being announced and Heyman didn't even produce a new television show since his other key market, Philadelphia hadn't gotten the tape of the show for last weekend. So that tape aired this week. And many were questioning if TV would be produced from this point forward. So not only did they lose their network deal, but their syndicated deal, they're, they're, they're going to have to give up on that and abandon that too. Wow. It, it, it was obviously a, not a good place to work at that time on many levels. Have you seen Chris Hamrick before? I see you just jumped in. No, I've not. I've seen him do some shit here though. I think you'd like Chris Hamrick. I think he'd be on your list. I think you would consider him like the long lost Armstrong. Does he have like uh stars and bars there? He does. Yeah. That's his gimmick. Okay. <laughs> They're doing some crazy shit here, man. Look at this. Now that's fucking cool. Isn't it? Fuck. Yeah. That that's a hell of a finish. Holding him up, holding him like that for Dorian to come off. Yeah, the match probably wasn't that great, but I like the finish. And then, then again, you know, you, I guess this is was this was ECW, and this is uh, this is kind of like what has uh, stood the test of time. Uh, just high spots for the sake of doing high spots, right? Yep. Uh, and I never did appreciate it. I appreciate it much more now than I did, but we saw a lot of that. They didn't fucking win. Uh, let me ask you also this. Uh, who was the girl at ringside? There was a girl at ringside in blue. Did you see her? Hmm. Yeah. Let me think about it. She was in, um, gosh, she was in the Sopranos. I know her. 
Let me think of her name. I know she was in this. I know she was in this. Uh, that wasn't uh, Jamie Lynn. Electra. Electra. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No. Now we get a run in. Fucking, they're working over our uh, Rebel Boy here. Pretty so, good. So this is uh, Nova. I think you've seen the BWO before. He was Supernova, and he would go on to portray. Um, fitness character, a fitness guru, like a Tony, Tony little type character in the WWF. Uh, they called him Simon Dean, which is sort of a poke at Dean Malenko. Uh. And, uh, that didn't really work. This is definitely the coolest version of Nova though. Nova had a reputation for being an innovator in the ring, similar to uh, Chris Canyon. And now he's completely out of the business. And I believe he works in the mortgage banking field. He almost looks like, uh, He's in great shape here too. He really is. I guess we should mention that, uh, I believe he's the first guy who made, or he's the first guy I heard say it. He may not be the first person to say it, but he's the first guy I heard say, I would take a bullet for Dr. Tom, but I would put one in Bruce. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wow. Bruce getting some heat in the wrestling business. Didn't realize that. Wow. Are you kidding? <laughs> Bruce had a reputation. He was a heat magnet. Yeah. Of course still, he was. still is probably. Yeah. I would think that right now, as you and I sit here watching the show here in uh, 2019, that Bruce has probably more heat now than he's ever had. No, definitely not more. He hasn't sh- brought a gun to work yet. <laughs> Sorry. Silly me. Forgot that story. Missile dropkick. Although I'll tell you, after all these last few weeks, I want to take the gun to work for it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this very special and did I mention rare best of WHW Monday. Make sure to join us each week here on Wednesdays, or if you'd like the show a little earlier, ad free with some amazing fun bonuses. Check us out on Patreon. Hey guys, it's been fun and I'm desperately out of time, but let's squeeze in just a little more fun from our episode on living dangerously. 1999. For Conrad Thompson, I'm Tony Schiavone. We'll see you next week on WHW Monday. Are you in the loop on Juice and Liger's theme music? I'm not playing it now, I promise, but have you heard it before? No. That's awesome. It's just like a fucking video game sounding open. You would love it. And then the side, he goes, Juice and Liger! That's awesome. Okay. Thought you'd enjoy that. Does it go dun 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 By the way, I feel like I should mention that one of our Sunday panels at StarCast will be Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam revisiting their uh, rivalry from 1999. And this match was one of those matches. Wonder what promoter put that. I uh, probably just a fan, put that one together. I'm thinking just, you know, freestyling here. Not sure. Wow. How about that move? They just did from the top to the chair, Fuck. from the ropes to the, to like a Frankensteiner. You being a dick. No, I'm not being a dick. Sounds like you might be being a dick. I'm just, just speaking, fuck speaking real here. These guys, 
you know, we, we get it. You do some great shit. Get the chair out of the ring. You're going to kill yourself. Oh, uh, they're going to. I thought he was going to try DDT on the chair. Yeah, like right there. Oh, holy shit. I don't think you can work that, dudes. I think you can try to tuck the head a little bit in, and uh, I'm talking about a wrestling move here. Try to tuck the head a little bit in uh, and then work it, but I, I don't think you can work a, a DDT on a chair. I don't know why that got me, but it did. <laughs> well, <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm, I'm in ECW mood here. What can I say? I'm in an ECW mood. There's a new song. I'm it, in an ECW mood. It was just funny because I didn't see it coming. And uh, this past week with Bruce, we were talking about a match where The Undertaker was uh, wrestling Triple H. It was the first time that Triple H had used a gimmick sledgehammer. Uh-huh. And he actually hurt The Undertaker with a sledgehammer. He had never hurt anybody with a sledgehammer before, but when he used a gimmick one, mm-hmm. I guess he thought he could just use it for real, and it busted him open for real. And... Uh-huh. Um, when I described it as gimmicked, Bruce said, well, hang on now. The head was gimmicked, but the wood was real. <laughs> and I fucking died laughing. <laughs> I just wasn't ready for that. <laughs> well, hang on now. <laughs> God, that, that tickled me. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, some of the funniest things are unplanned shit. They say, what? What the fuck? Oh man. man. Van Daminator. And then he spills out, goes through a table and the crowd goes bananas. Mm. There's bad money. Slim running around with that fucking whistle. I know. Why did we encourage that? I don't know. That was you. That was not me. Oh, he's going to have the gimmick. He's going to have his gimmick grill. He's going to have a shitty looking suit. He's going to have his sunglasses in there. Have a whistle on the side of his mouth. What have we created on the show? You did it. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Right. Me. Wasn't me. Mm, Sure. Wasn't you don't create anything. I'm just a fan. I told you lately that you're mean. I'm not mean. I just called. I have spent three or four minutes of the thing comparing you to a savior, and you're calling me mean. Well, I mean, that was sacrilegious. Uh, What are they trying to do here? Okay. Are you okay? Yeah, it looked like to me. It just looked like to me for a minute that they were trying to pull the tape up. They were taping the... uh, the, the cord for the camera, camera cable, trying to pull it up. One, two, got a two count. One, two. I like <laughs> you to start randomly counting. Well, it, you know, it's kind of a reactionary thing. Like, you, don't, you uh, don't mean for it to, it just happens. Yeah, right. When I see a, a guy cover a guy, I go, one, two. He got him. No, he didn't. Yeah. Oh. That's why it's watch on top. Ooh, split leg moonsault. Fuck. 
That's why it's it's never a good idea. You know, Lois was in the hospital. Again? No, not again. But when she was in the hospital, it's never a good idea for me to go to a hospital. Why? Because I, I'll see somebody in there in the bed and I'll say, he's down for the count. 